All right, everybody, welcome back to the LNBC Students Podcast. Joined with Taylor, Cam, and Rich this time. All four of the guys crowded, are here. It's a crowded room. pit, but we crowded. are excited to dive into hey, what you didn't it means mention to Cam. Oh, yeah, we actually have a special <laughs> guest. He doesn't have a microphone, but he's sitting in the floor <laughs> against the wall. Sam Childers, everybody. He's actually bound up to the wall. Yeah. Um, applause. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> he is fine. Let the record show. Have you guys actually ever been in a pit like... um? Like in a, at a metal show or anything, hardcore show? Yeah, I went to the August Friends Show. when you said the pit, I thought you meant like an actual pit, <laughs> like in the I ground. I was like, I have not been in a pit, no. It's the highs and lows of life. Yeah. Been in that pit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've never, ever been in a pit. It's an experience. It was an experience. I'm glad you had did it. You, I don't want it. Did you like it? I did not. I was yeah, very I feel confused. like you would not like it. You don't like people. I was on. The, I like people. I don't like people punching and swinging their limbs everywhere to try to hit people in the face. Well, yeah. Cam, you went to a concert and met a friend of mine yeah. who basically protected you from people that were yeah. doing that. So today we're going to be talking about <laughs> hearing from God and what that looks like. But before, I thought it'd be fun to do another icebreaker. So the question Has for today... Has the ice been broken? I, I, feel I thought like that was the icebreaker. <laughs> well, just to make sure the ice is... It might still be a little bit solid, so we'll just shatter it right now. Um, ice shatter. Carson does not like change, ladies and no, gentlemen. No, I do not. I'm a good Baptist. Okay. Icebreaker <laughs> question. If you could kill any fashion trend forever, what would it be and mm. why? The youth pastor starter kit. For those at home, could you explain what the yeah, and for the people is? in the room, yeah, the people in the room, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Tight pants, flannel shirts, and then the the haircut Carson has. Why are you staring at me? <laughs> you are literally just you're just expressing Carson's currently fashion on, style. Uh, yeah, I currently have on slim fitting uh, jeans and a flannel shirt. And yeah, my hair's fine. Yeah, your hair's fine. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. every other youth pastor in America. I'm not a youth pastor. Look at Taylor. They're similar. No, Taylor's is That's much more long. No, they're not. <laughs> oh, okay, so you'll kill the youth pastor starter kit, meaning like Carson. I would be very interested to find out what Carson would wear if he could wear flannels. My fans. So I would agree with that just to see what happens to Carson. I don't know what would happen. This is all directed at Carson. <laughs> yeah. I feel what like is Carson happening? is also going to be the guy like in a, like three to five years where he's going to wear a blazer every, every day. day. Like Absolutely you, not. I get too hot. Uh, with the no, with the leather it. elbow patches, <laughs> leather. <laughs> that like that like professor kind of look. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's nice. Taylor, do you have any? Do you have an answer there? I guess tight fitting clothing. Uh, is that a fashion trend? I'll get rid of that. I, I would. I would call it a fashion trend because like, I think it's like the normative trend. I guess. Yeah, I would just. It's kind of going out though. Yeah. Like it's like like most people like have, have like just like straight slim pants. Like the like really skinny skinny jeans is kind of like not. It's because of Billie Eilish, dude. Right She's now. changing the world. <laughs> I would get rid of the man bun on a serious note. The man bun, <laughs> gotta go. Serious note. I can tolerate like a real man bun. No, but what I can't tolerate though is this silliness, where dudes will like cut the back and the sides real short, but then they'll keep it long on top and yeah. they'll put it in like a little ponytail like, yeah. up top. I hate that. Does anyone that? do this anymore? No, I yeah, that's what I did. Dude, come downtown to the banks, and you will see it everywhere. Really? Yes. 
banks. So silly. Ridiculous. This is a very popular trend for bankers. <laughs> I, I would say big, like, clunky sneakers. If I could get rid of anything, I just think that looks dumb. Like so no big, more Frankenstein feet. Like Jordans, like that, like big shoes. I just think uh, they're kind of dumb. I mean, you're you're kinda saying... Fan. Yeah. <laughs> I feel what like about I, you, Cam? Um, I don't know. I'm... I feel like overalls have become a thing again. I'm I'm you know? so down to color that. black. I cuz like there's also some instances where I think overalls look good, but a lot of times I think it's more like the denim overalls that I I, that I can't. I can't, can't think deal of with. any other type of overall. Rich, if you banned black clothing, Taylor would be naked. <laughs> 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 yes. I've got these green pants on right now. So yeah. not the camo though. Not the camo. Not the camo. See, I, I purposely avoided bringing up camo. I was trying to be nice to Taylor. Today. Actually, okay, yeah, fashion trend. I was fine with Taylor's camo pants, but just I can't stand camo, honestly. Like camouflage? Yeah. Like actual camouflage? Like, unless you're hunting, please don't the wear other a camo, camo jacket. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, even, like, especially stuff like pink camo and whatever that people try that people wear, I cannot stand. I think just camo in general, probably. I don't care much for. Okay, cool. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. That was a long pause. (laughs) And what it means to hear from God. Talking about silence and solitude <laughs> forever. It's only been like a month, actually. We're done with it, though. Yeah, we have finished up. We just uh, had a panel. Hopefully, we can get the recording from that posted. But um, one of the things, one of the purposes of silence and solitude is that it quiets the noise so that we can hear God's voice. And um, hearing the voice of God is kind of an interesting concept that I figured we could explore a little bit. Um, Let's do other things that you want to do, Taylor. (laughs) I mean, I'm throwing this out as an option if we want to talk about this. We can explore anything that you want to. What if we just did a mutiny one day? And the three of us were like, no, we're going to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor would pull his hair out. Close your laptop. (laughs) No, I've learned my lesson. I don't research for these things anymore. Um. But speaking of some research, we did talk about this in our 20s group, about what it means to hear from God, and I kind of explored that question a little bit, um, because that question, at least in our tradition, our faith tradition, I guess, Baptists in the Bible Belt, we talk about hearing from God uh, specifically in terms of our interaction with Scripture, which is totally legitimate. Yes. Um, and probably where we direct most of those conversations. Um, But in silence and solitude and in prayer, hearing from God often carries this kind of experiential, sometimes uh, mystical sense to it. Stigmatism. Yeah, there's kind of a stigmatism to it. So we wanted to tease that out a little bit and see... um, What about from other people? Hearing, hearing the voice of God through other people. So, yeah, there's basically what I'll say, um, how we answered it, is we can hear God through kind of four instruments of contemplation. And the first one is Scripture. I think we hear the voice of God 
through Scripture, preserved through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to human authors throughout history, we can hear the voice of God to us specifically. Secondly, uh, creation proclaims the glory of God. And we can hear God's voice through contemplating creation. Or, or as we look on nature, we can see his invisible attributes that he clearly, exi- clearly exists. And uh, that is also some type of form of communication to us. Uh, thirdly, we said church or others, or church teaching. So God can work through other people to speak to you. Even unbelievers. Or even a donkey, <laughs> right? Certain things that uh, we can, um, that I believe God has, this is kind of what what prophecy or the prophetic kind of gift really takes form for me. We don't have to spend too much time on that, but... No, uh, no, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I know you read a book on spiritual gifts recently, but when I think of prophecy, I think of God speaking through other people to me, like thus says the Lord type stuff um, that is very like particular to what I need to hear or something. And lastly is experience. Like God does speak to us through our experience, through his sovereign control of our life. And um, we were just talking about that in our 20s group because we were um, practicing the prayer practice of the examine where Ignatius talks about looking back on your day to see how God was present and what he was speaking to you through your life experience. But those are the four things that we kind of just quickly said, this is how God speaks to us, scripture, creation, church, and and experience. Um, So we've often, right, we've often just talked about God speaking to us through scripture. Um, I I say we as in maybe our Baptist tradition Mm -hmm. and our biblical tradition, like we are very much biblicists, and we're, we're scared of God speaking outside of Scripture. But um, let's talk about that. Why are we kind of closed off, or why have we been, at least I can say me personally, I was closed off to kind of that. Rich keeps nodding his head because this think, used to be a point I, of contention. I think because, um, there, there, I mean, we do have to admit, admit right from the get-go, like there is a difference between the reliability of someone claiming to, you know, hearing something from God outside of Scripture versus hearing something from God in Scripture. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a little bit more of a deeper well of, like, trust and, like, reliability to someone reading the Scriptures and saying, like, this is what the Lord says versus, like, the Lord told me this, right? Like, not saying that that person is wrong, but you don't have the same level of assuredness. Or so reli- I, okay. you know, so your reliability. So, so I guess what I, I say all that to say is, the reason I think that so many people are maybe a little bit worried, particularly in Baptist culture and certain biblicist, you know, denominations, they're a little bit worried because they've seen it done so poorly and they've so seen it taken advantage of. You I know, I feel like you took that straight to an issue of authority mm. mm-hmm. unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. No, I was just saying that's. Th- I think that's the reason. I, not not so much saying that the Lord can't speak through other, you know, modes because clearly we see that He didn't. We just you know rambled on about that. But I mm-hmm. think because we have seen people, and I don't want to call out certain denominations, but mm-hmm. I mean we've seen many people abuse abuse that. Yeah, because it's subject to abuse. I think 
us traditionally in our kind of uh, faith tradition, we have steered away from legitimizing that at all, right? Which, which I is, think needs, which is sad. Which is sad. Yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah. there needs to be a correction in that. For sure. I just so the way you asked that question, I didn't hear it as a question of authority. Like, are people trustworthy? Right. Like, yeah, that's a really good thing that you caught on to. I think in parsing that out is important. <laughs> yeah, I just so Carson took it straight to an issue of authority. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I would never come and say, hey, Carson, God told me to do this. That's against scripture. Right. Like, but I do feel like God talks and God speaks to me through you, through Taylor, through through prayer, like audible voice sometimes. No, no, absolutely. And, and I'm not saying that he doesn't. But I'm just speaking on behalf of, you know, those who are maybe a little bit more reserved at listening to people that say God speaks in other means, like the reason that they are timid and maybe a little bit worried about that is because they have seen people come and probably do that. You know, not to say that we, I mean, like we understand like, if one person says God says this, but Scripture says this, they're wrong. The Scriptures are right. You know, like we know yeah, that sure. fundamentally, but we d- sometimes you can see it played out wrongly, and I think that's why they're upset by it. But there is a there is a um, a closed off posture, I think, within our tradition to even ask God to speak to us experientially yeah. or in prayer, because we act like God stopped doing that. When a cannon was closed. And some people legitimately believe that, though. I'm not disagreeing with you there. They certainly do, but God is God, and I don't get to put them in a box. Mm -hmm. For sure. I don't see how you can do that, though. I mean, like, 1 Thessalonians, Paul says, don't quench the Spirit, but put everything to test. So, like, don't quench prophecies, don't stop those things. So I, I don't see how you can get around saying that we don't look to God to speak in any other mode than Scripture. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of dangerous. I think we've just fallen back into that because it's safe. Yes. It's just sure. a safety yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the biggest thing. Like, even in my experience, like, only only looking to the Bible for, um, for ways to live and how to experience God, that was, like, a net of safety for me. Because, mm-hmm. like, even though, really, I'm the one who's interpreting it through my own experience as I'm reading mm-hmm. the scriptures, it still feels like the safe thing as like, this is the authority. This is what I fall back on because like it's beaten into our head so often. Like you can't trust the self. You can't trust mm-hmm. your flesh. Like that's wrong. Everything about it is bad. Mm-hmm. And so it leads like, there's this fear of looking inside myself to, um, to figure out like what God wants to, to do in me and like who I am so that God can work through that Mm -hmm. too. And there's stuff to parse out with that as well, but that's very true. Like I think once we are um, born again, adopted into the family of God, we are given the spirit to dwell inside of us. And there, there is this process of renewal and that happens through our minds. And there's that interesting phrase in Romans eight where Paul talks about how the spirit testifies with our spirit. Well, what about even what Jesus said? This is what gets me, is Jesus said the Spirit was given to what? Well, there's a lot of, th- I guess, a guide us into all truth. To teach us, right? Yep. For lack of a better way of saying it. Mm-hmm. So if the Spirit is teaching, clearly he's what? Speaking. Communicating, right? Mm-hmm. However that looks, 
And some people will just, you know, squash that down to say the Spirit inspired the apostles to write. And so if we want to know what the Spirit is teaching us, we read the Bible. Yeah, because at it, cause it only th- stops at, like, this is God's Word. Yeah, you know? so, I, mm. I mean, I was, I'm speaking out of my experience in um, seminary. Like, those were the papers I was writing, mm. right? Um but what's so interesting about that is like the reference in First Thessalonians, I think five, or that yeah. that Carson is making, where he says, "Don't quench the spirit." And I think that that convicted me. I think I did quench the spirit. But so there's that. But don't. But you also have the other part of it where it's discern, subject this whatever you're hearing, yeah. feeling, sensing. Which is what Hebrew says. Yeah, right? I think there's there's just been two camps that have been created. You have those who only want to read the put everything to test part of that, then you have the camp that says don't quench the spirit, mm. but they're not putting anything to test. <laughs> and you have this group who's not, or is quenching the spirit, but they're yeah. putting everything to test only using the scripture. Yeah. And I don't think that's what Paul intended there. Yeah, I think that's a good point. So I think once once we kind of come to a point where, this is, this is a weird way to say it, but this is my kind of experience. It's like you give God permission to speak to you like that. Okay, it's yeah, a weird my way to whole say. My body just kind of right. Up, okay, as did I? <laughs> but like <laughs> in in your experience, like giving God the room in the access and the permission to speak to you in that way was key for me. Like no one told me to even try that or to ha- take in a. Maybe Rich, tr- maybe Rich tried to get me to say that, but you know, I guess that was years down the road. But like, I- I'm pointing back to like my graduate school experience. It was like no one ever gave me a kind of legitimate prod or urging to well, I guess ask God to speak to me in that way. For me, like I understand why y'all are saying First Thessalonians five, right, versus what Jesus says. But God never changes, right? Like, what he does, who he is, never changes. Has he changed the way that he's revealed himself, though? I would say no. So Hebrews 1, in the former days, God spoke to us in many various ways through the prophets. But now he speaks to us, and it seems, in a different method. He spoke to us through his son. (laughs) He spoke to us through his son, right? So maybe the vessel changed. Yeah, but God was still speaking through I totally the prophets, agree. Yeah. and God was speaking through Jesus. Right? Jesus goes out of his way over and over again to say, "I do not use my own words, mm. but the words of who that the Father gives Father. me." Whose words did the prophets use? The Father. Yeah, we're not. So s- I guess I, I was just going to say maybe a good question that rises out of that is: so if outside of the Bible you have fallible impressions and messages, whereas inside the Bible you have pretty rock-solid, reliable messages like what should drive us to seek to hear from God in ways outside of Scripture? Why would we do that instead of just maybe reading the Scriptures? Because Scripture doesn't speak about everything in our lives. I was going to say the same thing. Like, it just doesn't. There's, And before you all jump down my throat for saying this, Taylor, you're probably going to like what I'm going to say, I hope. Um, we can only hope. <laughs> like Taylor said, Scripture doesn't speak to everything, but there's very few concrete, like black and white, fleshed out 
this is what Christian life is. And then even in the New Testament. And I think that's why we have community, why community is so important. I think that's why the Bible is so important. I think that's why having a council or a group of people that you trust that are walking with the Lord every day to pour it back into you. Like I can come to Taylor and say, hey, man, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm hearing. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And he's going to go pray about that. He's going to go search the scriptures, and he's going to talk to me based off of. And then I'm not just going to take Taylor's word. I'm going to go talk to maybe Daryl or someone else. Like like the Bible says, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. I think it just goes back to what's interesting in Hebrews. It says, train yourself in discernment. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that we get you know, day one, like you have to be trained in it. Kind of like y'all were talking about with the practice of silence and solitude. Like it's a practice, like mm-hmm. you have to learn this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. I think practicing to hear God's voice is also something. Amen. And so I think maybe that is a uh, better way to, to the language I was using earlier. Like once you open yourself up to God speaking to you, You'll discern his voice and you'll hear his voice once you seek it. Are you asking for it? Yeah. Are you asking for it? And I think a lot of a lot of my early Christian life I never was told to ask for it. In fact I told I was told like don't ask to hear God's voice. If you want to know God's voice, read the Bible more, you dimwit. And see, was read the Bible out loud. I um <laughs> yeah. I hear to hear the audible voice. I didn't uh, I didn't grow up the way y'all did in church. I so yeah. that to me is just astounding, right? Yeah. Like I would read the Bible and not know any better. Okay, Lord, speak to me, please. Like I read in Samuel when it said, "Speak, Lord, your servant is listening." So as soon as I read that, like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember our early meetings. Rich would be like, "I felt like God was was telling." Taylor's this was like three. Like really big. This was like three, four years ago. What yeah. does that mean? I felt like God was telling me this, and I was like, "You mean like you you thought that, no. or whatever?" <laughs> He's like, "No, God said that to me." And I was like, yeah, "Okay." Yeah. I guess. Well, it's it's also weird because I I feel like, um, as much as people like to say, "Oh, the Bible, the Bible is really." clear you just trust that like i was always told you know you can't trust yourself you can't trust other people mm-hmm. the the bible is like a it's mm-hmm. about wisdom it's so mm-hmm. that you can get wisdom and how to uh live out your your life experience in your own situations um mm-hmm. and because not everything hardly anything is like how it was in the bible in, now in their times you yeah. know yeah um, it makes it a lot more difficult than it would be if you're actually able to learn from other people and to allow yourself to listen to God too, you know? And it, it's funny because Brooks was like one of the early people to disciple me, and we would sit for hours and just talk. And he always said to me early on, if you get stuck and you're not seeing God, ask him to reveal his hand in your life. Hmm. Ask him to show you where he's working. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's been kind of instrumental in my my Christian walk. Like, okay, Lord, I have wandered. Show me where you're at and bring me back. Mm. Made me think of another question. So before you go there, I got one more more thing. James says, let any of you that lack what? Wisdom. Wisdom. Ask God for what? Wisdom. So how do you get wisdom? (laughs) 
from God if he's not going to communicate back to you that wisdom in whatever way he chooses to do it. Mm -hmm. So I just thought of that while Cameron was talking. Gotcha. And I do think I'll, I'll say this about Cam. There, there are things, right? I do think scripture, we've said this, and I think even Carson has already said, use this word like a safe kind yeah. of place to turn to hear the voice of God. That's why there's practices like Lectio Divina. That's why we pray using the Psalms, because it's a great way for us to use God's language to respond to him and hear God's voice in a very kind of safe way. Um, so I think, to Carson's point earlier, there is a, another level of reliability to that, to Scripture. Uh, when you go to yourself or to others or to experience, there is a possibility of yeah. distortion, of abuse that you just have to take into account and that you have to then use discernment for. I um, agree, but I, just to push back on what y'all are saying, Baptists believe in the two authorities, right? The Holy Spirit and the Word of God, right? I mean, they say that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they yeah. say. <laughs> it's really that's the Word they, of God in right, my interpretation of it. That's the right <laughs> answer. Yeah. Right? Yes. But the Holy Spirit himself is a whole lot more than an influence, right? Like, he's God. Mm-hmm. But we treat him like what? Like an influence. And then we make that completely subjective mm-hmm. for those even Baptists that yeah. do believe God still communicates, it's completely subjective, and I think maybe that's why it scares people. And I just want to preface this before. <laughs> like, uh, this is not a, a bash on Baptists. I'm I'm wrapping a lot of my own experience up in the Baptist faith, and that's the only church I've ever been a part of. That's where yeah. seminary was trained in. So I use Baptist a lot, but I'm talking about my experience a, a lot of times, yeah. you know, and... Uh, and I know that also Baptist has a wide range of opinions and um, even there's a, a wide orthodoxy, I think, in, in Baptist there circles with sure. certain things. It's tr- I mean, I've been involved with Presbyterian churches too. Yeah. yeah. But my question, though, the um, question was... So, uh, back a minute ago when you guys, Rich Taylor, you were talking about some of your earlier meetings, Rich, you would say to Taylor, God (laughs) said this to me. And Taylor, you would say, you mean you thought this, like that's what you thought. And then even Rich was like nodding his head going, no, he told me that. Where, Where is the line between us saying with authority, like, no, the Lord did not tell you that? if it maybe doesn't necessarily go against what scripture says, but like, like let's say there, there was an example where rich, you really genuinely thought that the Lord was telling you something. And I genuinely thought the Lord was telling me something that contradicted what you said, but scripture is kind of ambiguous or unclear. about. What it. about Acts, yeah. where Paul was going mm-hmm. to Jerusalem and a guy came up and bound Paul right. and said, the Holy spirit told me to do this, mm-hmm. but the Holy spirit had told Paul what? So I think there's even evidence in Scripture where that may happen. And that's Mm -hmm. not saying God's divided, right? I'm not saying that at all. I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to communicate that at all. But the way for me that line is, I'm going to pray about it, right? Like I'm going to search the Scriptures. I'm going to talk to Taylor. I'm going to talk to 
other people in my life usually, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there are some things that have happened where it's like, okay, I know that's God. I'm going to do this. So, yeah, that's always the interesting thing. Like, over the past year, I'm much, much more comfortable. It's actually part of my routine in prayer to say, God, speak, I'm listening, and to sit there in silence. Yeah. And um, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Rich, you say you have. You have. You just don't call it that. <laughs> what do you See, mean by Rich, that? Rich says things like that. But uh, <laughs> no, hold on. I want to hear about. I want to hear what that. What do you mean by that? Let Taylor flush it out. He knows what I'm gonna say. I don't know what he's gonna say. Yes, you do. <laughs> I don't. Rich for kicks and giggles. What What do you mean by that? Kicks and giggles. So, yeah. like Taylor said, I've never heard the audible voice of God. But when he's praying. Like, God has directed him to scripture verses, right? God has spoken to Taylor about praying for this person or mm-hmm. that person. Or like, I don't think the audible voice of God is, sounds different than my voice, right? Like, God is shaping. Yeah, Carson, hold on. <laughs> it's a bit, so, so it's just not, not audible? Not audible, though. <laughs> like, that's, that's no, what he's, that's what is, I'm distinction I'm making. Yeah, that's the distinction y'all make, right? I'm not making that distinction. So I have heard God speak outside of my my prayer time, right? But usually when I'm praying and I'm struggling and then scripture comes to mind, that's the voice mm-hmm. of God speaking. Right? I totally yeah, I totally believe that. And I have actually but, experienced that. I would say that that's within my yeah, experience sure, to sure. to to have my thoughts seemingly unprompted be filled with what I would call the voice of God. Yeah. And but not an audible I, would, like, I just wouldn't call that audible. On. That just but my de- I mean, we're just but you semantics. Yeah, I think we're talking semantics, right? Yeah. Like when you're that close to God in prayer and that's happening, mm-hmm. you're hearing, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it's semantics. Um, but that's I guess just, when you just hear audible voice, you think Richard, <laughs> like you know, from up in the clouds. But yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, I think uh, one one guy that we listen to i think me you and me cam and sam listened to a sermon by a guy talking about listening prayer i think gerald griffin yeah out of bridgetown preached that and he talked about uh, that verse out of romans 8 with god's spirit testifying to our spirit and um then he said like your thoughts become god's thoughts god's thoughts become your thoughts and that's testify your spirit is being testified with god's spirit now that needs to be subjected to discernment and all those things but what you need to keep an eye on and and open yourself up to is when you ask God to speak, what comes to your mind, what you feel, what sensations you have, what enters your imagination, don't close that off. That could be God speaking to you. In the same way that a stranger comes up to you and says something to you, that can be God speaking to you. The, the experience that you have, like that could be God speaking to you. So it's, for but, me... Yeah. This is what this is what it's meant, especially with the exam and practice, where you're looking back on your experience. It's more about me given being given eyes to see and ears to hear than about whether or not God is speaking. Like if I've actually start to believe and know and have faith that God is who he is and he is speaking, then I just need to listen up, kind of in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's that's now like I, I would like to maybe see what you guys do practically 
to like hear the voice of God throughout your life. I think silence and solitude is a good place for that. But are there some other practical things that kind of like really help you try to identify the voice of God? It's it's really it's really hard for me to talk about this specifically without sounding like some weird voodoo like Woo-doo? mystic. I don't know what woo woo yeah oh woo 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 not woo <laughs> Um, but it's like, for me, it definitely is like this inner dialogue mm-hmm. kind of like with myself, like I'm conversing with myself and I, and I, I do believe that it's from God, you know? Um, I also, uh, I also feel it's more like feeling God's presence than actually getting this, this voice of God, I guess. Um, like I experience God's presence through silence and solitude or through sometimes it's playing the drums, you know, sometimes it's writing, it's listening to music or it's taking a walk outside, like looking at, looking at nature and experiencing that. It's also through talking with other people, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's more, um, feeling a presence than it is hearing a voice of God. Yeah. So I'll, I'll push back on that a little bit because I think that is very important. Yeah, I think there needs to be a further step. And this is like where Ignatius was really keen on is said, you know, because feelings in the moment can be deceptive. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. So looking at the fruit of the of something, being detached and seeing how it grew and what it developed into is really important. That's why he developed the examine. Mm. But there just needs to be this moment of, okay, was that feeling good or bad? Yeah. Right, like what he uses consolation and desolation, was that good or bad? And if so, what did it mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like that's where I think you, you actually move from just sensationalism to hearing God's voice, because you start to enter that dialogue. Because you you said it, there's like an inner dialogue. Yeah, it's an inner dialogue. So it's not just you like saying like, oh, I felt this, I felt this, I felt this, and taking and receiving yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. There's there has to also be this kind of engagement yeah. where you're asking, what does that mean, and putting it to test. Yes, like whatever you claim to hear. I mean, you, you know, check in scripture. You talk to other believers. You talk to um, those close to you, and you distinguish and find. I mean, whether or not it was actually. So I, I feel like I feel like we're kind of saying the same thing that we're critiquing, um, as far as like we were talking about how yes, scripture has been the only way that we've used. Um, that mm-hmm. we've like tried to understand and hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, we're only saying that, that if we ever do claim to hear God's voice, that we have to constantly keep looking back at scripture and like making sure that that's, oh. well, I think scripture is one of the ways you test it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's, that's what I was saying to like scripture community, you know, all these yeah. other. So I would yeah, say like, scripture is the primary yes. way. But yes. like say an instance, like, um, whether to take a certain job. Yeah, like no. scripture can possibly give you some sort of checks and balances. So we all that. have an authority, right? It's just what authority am I submitting to? So when I talk to a, a non Christian, I never want to use anything other than the Bible, right? So when they say, Well the Bible, that's just circular reasoning. Well if I say the Bible is my highest level of authority, the moment I argue outside of that the Bible is no longer the sole authority in my life. Yeah, I, I, I just, there's so much work to be done. We're going to do it at oh, yeah, now a sure. lot yeah. to say yeah. that the this, comp- this complicated book, a <laughs> uh, collection of books, 
in different genres, mm-hmm. telling one unified story is authoritative. Like, how is a story authoritative, right? Yeah. Like, there's so much that has to be unpacked there mm-hmm. that releases it from, like, the ethical code book type of mentality. For sure. Right? And then, once again, to kind of redeem it for what it's trying to do as an authority structure in our life, but not as this, like, kind of, like, cross-reference thing like here's your experience always go back to like the bible to cross reference and make sure it's right yeah but as yeah. like a deeper reality that is the truest thing in the world amen that because is it pointing to the truest to person in yeah. the world right jesus like and there's just so much to unpack there so i think that's where when we talk about the authority of scripture it can get really confusing if you're familiar with <laughs> like the the stories of scripture sometimes it's like how is how is me learning about Moses not getting into the promised land like authoritative in my life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like because of our, our structures <laughs> of authority right now. Rich has like this really this really strange. Or smile how is on it that face. Jesus dying and rising again is the most authoritative thing in my life? Right? It's because that is the story that we were all meant to live in. Mm-hmm. And and that is your that is your true self. That is the most real thing in this world. And I think going back to the original question, I can't manipulate God. So if I'm asking to hear from God and everything he's telling me coincides with everything I really want to do, like that's probably a good place for me to stop. And yeah. Like God speaks when he wants to speak and he's going to say what he wants to say. And I don't have any control. That's true. I was listening to this Tim Keller sermon, and he was like, if if your God never reproves you, then there's an issue, right? If, like, your God never corrects you, then you need to really, really analyze who's sitting in that that throne. Is it you or is it God, right? And I think that's very convicting. Um, Like, if my God never corrects me or reproves me, there's an issue. But um, back to one of the questions I had. Um... When you talk about practically hearing from God, what does that look like for you in your day-to-day life? I think it really depends for me. Sorry, Carson, I interrupted. Oh, no, I was just going to say, this is probably, you know, we're talking about at the beginning, the people that only look to Scripture. That's probably one of those areas that I need to expand in Hmm. and grow in because... Yes, you do. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Affirmation. Um, But that's definitely one of the ways I need to grow and expand in because I would say that I fall prey to only looking in Scripture. But that's a legitimate place to go to hear the voice of God. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, and like, I mean, and if I, I don't know, I mean it, yeah, but I I don't know. That's just, that's where I need to grow. For me, I think it really depends on where I'm at in my Christian walk. And what Mm. I mean is, we all go through cycles, and uh, hopefully, where you're walking really close with the Lord, and then something happens, and you're, like, being mm-hmm. tested. Mm-hmm. And if I'm walking really close with the Lord, it's really, really easy to hear from God, like, all the time. But when you're in that wilderness, and you're being tested, and those things are, are being stripped from you, sometimes it's harder to hear that voice of God, because I'm questioning, like, mm-hmm. Lord, are you still with me? Like, mm-hmm. Why is this happening? Like, I'm struggling. Like, this week has been hard for me. So I'm wrestling with these Mm. questions in my own personal walk right now. I think it's good to to keep an eye on those cycles Mm. 
because it's in those moments where I don't feel like God is close to me that he's the closest he's ever going to be to me, Mm -hmm. right? And learning to lean in and trust him in that. So for me, it, it, it always has always started with the Bible, right? Um, and then in from the Bible into prayer. And then from prayer and scripture reading, it's community. Yeah, I like how you, you talked about that time of the wilderness and linking that to those times where God's voice kind of comes through more pointedly. We've talked about that before with the, um, the Hebrew word midbar, which is wilderness or desert. And uh, it comes from the root word, debar, which means word, speak. And for them, the, the Hebrew culture understood, even in wrapped up in that word, that that place of the wilderness, the desert, is where you hear God most clearly. That's why you see when God speaks, he speaks in the mountain of Mount Sinai, right? Once Moses is alone. Uh, in the desert or whatever. And same place, you kind of see that recurrent theme throughout. But um, for me, hearing from God right now has been expanded to my times of what what is often called listening prayer, where I simply sit at the end of my silence and solitude and uh, or after kind of my centering prayer. My silence is spent listening for God. Um and I have had times where random thoughts come into my head. And uh, I wouldn't call them random. Sometimes they were random or sometimes, you know, I don't really understand. Distracting thoughts. There's distracting thoughts. That's, that's another thing. But Most of my thoughts. <laughs> mine, uh, certain names will come to mind. Certain people to pray from, pray for. Amen. Uh, uh, certain phrases that have been insightful and redirecting from my experience, reorienting from my experience or something I'm going through. Um, other times it's been reading a psalm. I remember it's distinctly a time uh, praying through a psalm last week in the chapel, and one of the psalms just asked God to turn to him, and I, that, was, that was me. And God was telling me, I'm turning to you. And I, that's what I needed to hear. I needed to hear God say that to me. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, that's that's been a shift for me. And what's so funny is Rich gets to laugh at me because of the shift. And it's one of the few things, right, that Rich gets to say, I told you so, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> He's not smiling but when I said that. I would, I, would say, I would say a big <laughs> a big part of it, too, is praying that God would maybe heighten your awareness of when yes. he actually is speaking. Because mm-hmm. now that I think about it, he's probably speaking to me a lot more than yeah. I realize it. I just don't recognize that it's him, right? It's like a good example, like when you said, like, when you're praying and God, you know, pops mm-hmm. someone's name in your head. Like, I think of, like, when I'm just, like, milling about through the day and I just think of someone, I go, oh, I should check on them and text them. Yeah. Right? Bro, that's right? God you know talking. Right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and But, like, we just don't think of it that way, you know? So you don't think I, of it that sorry, way. Sorry, I should speak in plural. I rest my case. But once you kind of expand that, I think it is, it's a, it's a way to redeem all of your experience all of your thoughts and imaginations to being discerned as the presence, the presence and voice of God. Like that's the thing for me, like is God who he says he is, right? And if he is, then I have to be prepared to understand that he can communicate with me in any way he chooses. Am I paying attention? And I think that's what Carson's saying is, and Taylor like expands your definition 
and leave room for correction and growth, mm. right? And for me, that that's really what it comes down to. I think as I as I think more about this, the the idea of community is really really important to this. Um, does God speak to us on an individual level in our solitude? Absolutely. Um, but that solitude is always a prep time to get you to re-engage with community and other people, right? To, to be reconnected to the body. And so whatever messages or experiences we have of God, there's supposed to be some sort of edification for the church or some sort of something that it's supposed to be doing in the community. And not only testing it, but serving the community with what you hear and what God is teaching you is a really important part of this, I think. I think so, too, for sure. So um, I think I think utilizing silence and solitude as a time to to heighten your awareness that God is speaking to you is a really practical benefit to this practice that is probably particular to this practice as it leads you into prayer. It kind of opens up that that first idea of listening before answering God in prayer, at least for me. Um, so you guys have any other closing comments? Yeah, I would just say just encourage people to specifically be in prayer for God, making them more aware of when he's speaking mm. to them, because he is. Okay. Today, if you hear his voice...